thank you for your desire to use us, and we thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit who indwells and guide, who guides, leads, and encourages um, and strengthens, Lord. We thank you. Uh, we ask your, your, Lord, we ask for your guidance now as we look to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So this morning we're going to spend some time in Colossians. We've been going through Colossians in chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. It's key verse for us here. And we've been studying, and as we've gone through Colossians, we've been studying and seeing how Christ is enough. Christ is totally sufficient. And so when we come to look at this passage, we need to have our right sight, a right sight on life, a right view on life. Yesterday... As Dandy and I took a walk, uh, we went around the park and there's a wedding going on out there, so it was a little busy. And so we got past some of the busyness and there's a couple cars and an RV coming in. And lo and behold, we look back and there's our youngest daughter on a bicycle coming in at the same time. We're like, you know, she's 13 now, but you still get nervous because I still have this little picture of my girls on, on a little bicycle with training wheels, and as they're riding, and I've used this before, I know, uh, riding their bicycle, and as they see a car coming by, they look at it, but then, then they start turning towards it, right? And so I was like, oh no! And yet she was okay. She's 13 now. Um, she's not a little girl anymore. Uh, you know, farmers have it a little bit easier. They have GPS. We've talked about these illustrations before. Uh, so ranchers, you know, when you're swathing your hay, we can go out here and look and see how straight the rows are. Oh, okay, we know. It was another teenager. So we'll know if he's looking at his phone or looking off over here or there, you know. Oftentimes, when you look the one direction, that's the direction you're going to go. And so to have a right sight, we need to set it on Christ and the things above, Right? And it involves more than that. It's knowing who we are and what that means. Our position in Christ. And um, last week, uh, Doug Robitaille had some slides he used for reaching those he wanted to recruit. He just used bits and pieces of, of those slideshows for us. Well, one of them, one of them stuck out at me, and he didn't go over it, but it was on his slide regardless. And the title of the slide is "What We Need." And under it, and so this is a title he used for recruiting people. He wanted to bring people into the mission field, the right people, the ones who love the Lord, the ones who are seeking after the Lord. And under "What We Need," one of the the subpoints was. People who are actively willing to build things into their lives and to remove other things in order to be the best ambassadors they can be. And so if we have a heavenly perspective, if we have our sight set on Christ and the things above, we will be able to be people who are actively willing to build into our lives the things that that are glorifying to God, that will build us up in Him and to remove other things that will keep us from being ambassadors of Christ. And that comes from the um, the wonderful Corinthians chapter 5 passage about how we're reconciled and how we are ambassadors. And so I believe 
That is a part of what having a right sight means. And so the question we need to ask ourselves today is, um, first, what is my sight? Or what am I looking at? What is my vision? I want to challenge you today. Do you have evangelism in view? Is missions a part of that view? What does our walk look like? And so if none of that, none of that aligns with Scripture, if we have none of, no idea about you know, the importance of evangelism or missions or the proclamation of the Word of God as we, we read in, in Romans 1, 16 and 17, not being ashamed of the Gospel of Christ, then we don't have the right vision. Um, when we look back, what are we going to see? What's our windrow going to look like? All right. Or we could ask, you know, it's harvest time, right? There's a lot of beans and corn being harvested already. I can't believe how quickly summer has flown. I've also seen that on a couple of corner pivots out where I like to hunt, there's something planted. Probably a cover crop, maybe something that they can put cattle back out on. And so it's going to look different than what people are harvesting now, right? Now, corn's bearing fruit, beans are bearing fruit, the stuff, the cover crops will bear some fruit. We've planted grass out here, it's green, it's growing. And by the time, you know, you think about the parables of the, of, the ther- of the tares, pardon me, you'll eventually know what it is. But is something growing? And is it the right something? What are we growing? What is our sight? What are we producing? And so the challenge for us today that I, I, we need to grab a hold of is that we should set our life right by having our minds set on Jesus Christ, having the right vision, the right view, the right perspective, a heavenly vision. And so to set your life right, you must first set your sight, or as the King James Version states, your affections on Jesus. Your affections upon Him. And so, when we get into this passage, as the the Carlsons quoted it, let me read it again. Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with Him in glory. And so we need to set our sight or affections on Jesus. And the question could be, why? (laughs) And now, I would like to, to start these sentences, these next couple of sentences, out for you with the preposition first so that you understand. It's really a dative case. That is, it's your place. It's your position. Okay? So, with Christ, in verse 3, it talks about 
that if you've died with Christ, your life is hidden with Christ. So with Christ, we have died. Obviously, we weren't with Him on the cross. But we have died to the old way. We have died to the old self. For you have died with Christ. So we are no longer alive to our old sinful life. We have died with Him. It also says we're hidden in Him. I love that. But also, look, notice the positions here. In verse 1, you have been raised up with Christ. In Colossians 2.12 it says, having been buried with Him in baptism in which you were also raised up with Him through faith in the working of God who raised Him from the dead. And so in verse 3 it is, your life is hidden with Christ in God. There again, in God. So first we are safe in Him being with Him and hidden hidden with Him. So your life is hidden. (laughs) I love that, right? Maybe. So the reality is when I look at that word hidden in Him, there's times that I don't want to be seen. Not just when I'm out bow hunting. (laughs) There are other times you're like, ah, don't see me, right? Sometimes that's because of fear. When I see that I'm hidden with Him, I don't have to fear. Or I don't have to worry. It reminds me I need to trust in Him. I like what uh, William McDonald says in the Believer's Bible Commentary. Um, and when we look at this second, the world will world doesn't know when we look at this hidden. Does not know or understand us. He says, quote, our thoughts, our motives, or our ways. They don't understand. They don't, do not know or understand our thoughts, our motives, or our ways. And so if we're living like the world and they're understanding us because we're loving like them, that's a big warning sign. Obviously, there's some crossover, right? Or we're not going to be that different. But far too often, we should be vastly different than them. Why, why don't they see? Why don't they know? You know, they're still dead in their trespasses and sins. Right? Ephesians chapter 2. We're dead to the old self, but we are alive in Him. But here we are in verse 3 again, right? For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And so this is again another indication that not only are we with Christ, but it is in God that we can also be this way. And so again, this is a position that we hold. But also not only notice these dative cases that we're here in this place, this position, but notice the verbs, okay? The past tense with ongoing reality of results. That is, it is a fact that you have been raised up. Right? 
Verse 1, you have been raised up. The if, you say, well, what's the if about? The if is a a first-class condition. He's saying, if you've really done this, another way we can read it in the English is since. Since you are a believer. So if you have believed in the Lord Jesus Christ... If you've truly done this, if Jesus is everything to you, if you're simply clinging to Christ and He is totally sufficient, right? Amen? Jesus is totally sufficient. If you have done this, therefore, you're alive in Him. Which means it is a past tense with ongoing reality or result. You have been raised up. You are raised up in Him. And because of all of this now, we're to keep seeking the things above. That is, we're to set our mind or set your passions above. And so we see our position in Jesus that should lead us to the reality that I am a child of God. I am hidden in Him. I am alive in Him. I am dead to the old world. And therefore, I should have a different way of viewing things. Not only do we have a great position, but power. Look at His power, not our power, His power. In verse 1, Jesus rose again. Romans 8.34, and Romans 8.34 says, who is the one who condemns? Really, and you look at the context of that passage, no one condemns except Christ Jesus is He who died, yes, rather, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who also intercedes for us. That right hand is a place of honor, as that one translation states it. But it's also a position of power, of authority. Jesus is at the Father's right hand, and He intercedes for us, and He has all power and authority. But He rose again. Not only is He seated there, but He rose again, showing His power. He defeated death. I love this authority. Going back to the authority, Matthew 6, or Mark, pardon me, Mark 16, 19 says, So then, when the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. We see both the resurrection and his authority today, his power. He's at that right hand. Praise the Lord. Let's turn in, in your Bibles with me. I'll have it up there as well. But would you turn with me to Ephesians? Turn back just a couple books, a couple letters to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18 through 23. Now, Paul prays, okay? That they would be mature in the Lord, that they'd understand all of this, that they'd have their, that they would be seeking the things above, that they'd understand what they have with the Lord, that their sight would be set on the Lord and therefore have a comprehension. He says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the surpassing greatness of his power towards us who believe. These are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might, his power, Right? 
which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places. Right? Right hand in the heavenly places on the right hand of the Father. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion in every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things in subjection under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. We need to know our position in the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. There is nothing too great for him. Therefore, because we are his and if we're following him, nothing is too great for us when we are in obedience to him doing His will, doing what He says. We should not be ashamed or scared. We should move forward with great boldness to proclaim the truth and live out the gospel every day. But set your affections. Set your sights on the Lord Jesus Christ. Warren Wiersbe says, as, as you read through his commentary on this, Christ not only died for us, substitution, but He died with Him, identification. Christ not only died for sin, bearing its penalty, but He died unto sin, breaking its power. Sin no longer has a hold on us. Your position in His power sets you in a supreme place to live right or to live for Him. Now when you consider a football team that comes out in the second play from the line of, uh, of scrimmage is a touchdown, it changes the whole perspective, right? Doesn't it? They come out and they get score after score, their confidence builds, and you're like, what's this team? And now I know the other team may not have been, had a good defense, Okay? We'll debate how we come back the next week and see how what happens, everything. Okay, we're scared about that to speak too highly. But the, in that game, there's a total, totally different air and confidence, wasn't there? And you can see it on a team that thinks they're going to win, that they have this in the bag. They, okay, there's a difference between a team that says, okay, we have this and they quit playing. We've seen that before. But one that does not let up. And I want to challenge you to understand that you have everything you need to score that touchdown. Okay? You have the blockers out in front of you, and you have the speed. No matter what kind of angle they have on it, you have it. Just run. And we have a race that we need to run that's set out before us. Satan's going to do all he can do to slow us down don't live in fear live with the understanding that god is all the power and you're in his he is you're in his family he's given you the ability to do what he wants you to do you know in a game like that it it changes the whole tempo what is our tempo are we living defeated or in victory Right thinking leads to right living. Just as much as stinking thinking leads to stinking living, but right thinking leads to right living. You live in the victorious life in Christ Jesus. 
It's not just thinking about what is right, but folks, who has won the battle? The Lord Jesus Christ has. Do not live defeated. Set your life right by having a mindset on Christ. Second, to set your life right, we need to know what real life is. All right? What is real life? That is, you are alive in Him. And so just a little bit, hopefully we can take a little bit of twist. We could continue to talk about who we are, our position now, but I want to change it just a little bit. Well, what's going to happen and what's God's purpose today? There's a lot of purpose for us as we live in this world. And, and it's important for us to understand, although we are dead to our old, old selves, we still have the sinful flesh. And although we may sin, it does not have power over us. We can say no to sin, okay? We still do have to face it. We still do have to have battle against our own desires, fleshly desires. Someday the Lord's going to take all that away. He has a purpose for us being here today, though. You, say, you might say, well, why does He let us have to still continue to deal with our own sinful flesh desires? Why do we still have to deal with all the hurt and the pain in this world? Why do we have to see a world that's, you know, the oppression that's in the world today? I'm not talking about just the United States, but throughout the world. Why do we have to see all the, all the heartache, the pain, and people making the wrong decisions? And then why do we have to deal with certain things in life? And, and I think it's important, when we get in verse 5, we're going to begin to see the practical, this is what it means for you today, this is how you obey, this is what God wants, pointed, specific commands for us. But what is His purpose? Look at verse 16. Chapter 3, verse 16. That we would mature as believers. We could say that. Let the Word of Christ richly dwell within you. And we can go into other passages, but with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And so we can say that we mature as believers, that we worship together, that we would live victorious, that we would be a light, that we would fight the good fight, that we would run the race, that we would be His witnesses, that we would walk in love. Look at verse 14. That we would walk in unity. Do you see the that we would, right? The purpose of God, that we would do this, that we would do that, that we would live this way. That we would walk our heavenly lives here on earth. And so from verse 5 on, we'll see the that we woulds, okay? And we can look throughout Scripture and see what God wants. But sometimes we forget. God wants us to live in this world today to be His witnesses, to continue to grow and trust in Him through it all. And we can break it down as, why did this happen? Why did that happen? Well, Lee, is so that you'd realize you're still needing to trust in me. You're still not perfect you still need to grow. You still need me. 
There's a lot we could classify under His purpose. But I pray and hope that you have a good grasp on a lot of them. So let's move on. Look at verse 4. So verse 3 is tied with verse 4, I believe. We're hidden with Him. The world really... The world doesn't even know what God's going to do. And even if they've heard about the reality that there is a future, there is a reckoning coming, right? Not only is there a reckoning coming, but you understand what we will have when we are with Him? They're going to recognize. We're no longer hidden with Him, but we are glorified to praise of His glory, we will be recognized as His children. We will be recognized as those ruling with Him. So His plan, when we look at verse 4, when Christ who is our life, everything is about Christ. Remember? And, and beginning chapter 2, 3, one fifteen on, we find all you need is Jesus. Right? Totally sufficient. And now we find that our life is in Him. Everything we have, not only do we have salvation in Him, but everything is because of Him and in Him and for Him, right? Verse 4, He will, what is His plan? He will put an end to the way life is lived here on this earth, right? We know that. He will... He will reveal His kingship and His authority. He will end sin in total. He will be revealed. And we will be revealed with Him. Notice that we will be resurrected and we will be revealed with Him with a glorified body, we find in other portions of Scripture like His. 1 John 3.2 Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not appeared as yet what we will be. We know that when He appears, we will be like Him because we will see Him just as He is. That is, there's other portions of Scripture such as Philippians 3.21 who will transform That is, the Lord will transform the body of our humble state into conformity with the body of His glory by the exertion of the power that He has even to subject all things to Himself. That is, we will not be gods. We will not have the same abilities of Jesus, but we will have a new glorified body. We will have flesh. We will be who we always were intended to be. As I I like to tell people... um, I'm going to be a better me. No illnesses. I, and I'm supposing no glasses. Praise the Lord. You're all blob right now. I don't know about my hairline. I, I don't know about that. But I will be a better me. Can you imagine not waking up in the morning with the back pain? Right? Praise the Lord. Okay, there's other aspects to that, Right? Not just our physical being, but our position alongside with Christ. Co-heirs with Christ. Praise the Lord. 
And there are some people out there who are going to say, yeah, ha, finally you see. Anybody ever feel that way sometimes? But we'll be praying to the Lord now. We need to pray because when they see, they will see what they've missed. And if they're not a part of his family, judgment. And so I doubt I'll be celebrating because of their demise, but I will be celebrating because of our reward, my reward in Christ. And that Christ will do away with all pain, all sin. But notice our position. I love the passage in Romans 8. Romans 8. Turn there with me, would you please? Romans chapter 8. Now I'm going to have it on the projector, but I would like you to read it, follow along in your own Bibles. Romans 8.18. There's a lot in this chapter. Do not overlook what I'm going to read to you here in a moment. Notice our position. And, and we need to notice how we should think because of what will be. All right? And so in Romans chapter 8, verse 18, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be real, revealed to us. Whatever we're going through right now, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> it does. And it may hurt. But it does not compare. Okay? Are you still in a game where you're just getting beat down? Beat down. Beat down. You just can't even get up. Is that the way it feels? Well, it has nothing to be compared to that victorious game that's coming up, right? And life's not a game. But do you feel beat down? Are you facing something? Persecution. My brothers and sisters in Christ who are facing persecution. Right? Hey, it does not compare. No matter how bad their persecution is. At Calvary. You know, Gracia and Martin Burnham went to Calvary and so there's a bench there with all these verses around it in honor of Martin. His death. His suffering. Her suffering today. Other believers suffering for the Lord. It does not compare. It's not even worthy to be compared to what's going to come. Look at verse 19. For the anxious longing of the creation waits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. The whole creation is waiting not only for the Lord Jesus to return, but to see what's going to happen to us. Do you understand that in this passage? A whole creation. All of it. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of Him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself also will be set free from its slavery to corruption and to the freedom of the glory of the children of God. Not just this glory, but the glory of the children of God. That's the believers. For we know that the whole creation groans and suffers the pains of childbirth together until now. Don't we? We see it. And not only this, but also we ourselves having the first fruits of the Spirit. Even we ourselves groan within ourselves waiting eagerly for our adoption. Now it's not just talking about we are adopted as sons, but this is when we see the full revelation of what's already taken place. 
as sons. The redemption. So because, I say that because it's talking about the redemption of our body. For in hope we have been saved, but hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he already sees? But if we hope for what we do not see with perseverance, we wait eagerly for it. Not only do we wait eagerly for it, right? We do. But we have to have a heavenly perspective. And that is to have a biblical perspective. That's the best way I can describe it. But that is the mind of Christ. What Christ wants, that's how we should think. We don't come from a defeated life thinking about everything that's going on. We come from a victorious life, a life in Christ looking at everything around us, and we're going to say, oh, this is what needs done because this is what Christ would do. Or, oh, this doesn't matter as much. It hurts. But praise the Lord. Amen? We have so much that the Lord God wants us to do if we would but yet realize who we are in Him and that we would understand the world with a a biblical perspective, if we would look at the world with a heavenly perspective. You know, there are yes, there are times, no matter how many times I may preach a message like this, that I may wonder what in the world is God's purpose? What in the world's going on? This is so frustrating. But we have to remember and continue to trust that God's way is perfect. Everything He does is perfect. Therefore, His purposes, His plans, even these little things that He's doing, they're perfect. And it's so easily easy to misunderstand them, Right? It's kind of like Sandy's post last night. You know, my friend died when we couldn't remember his blood type. As he died, we kept, he kept saying, be positive. But you know, it's so hard without him. Right? I mean, God may have a perfect plan. We may misunderstand what something that's going on. It's not just about being positive. It's having a perspective that realizes what God is doing And if we don't have a mind of Christ, we're definitely going to miss it. We're definitely going to misunderstand what he's doing and what he wants, right? But if you feel like, I'm trying to follow the Lord, and I just don't understand what this is, hey, it's easy to not see it. Come back to the Word. Be patient and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Continue to trust in him. You know, if you are walking after the Lord and doing what He wants, you will be attacked as well. So have a full view of what God is doing. Have a full view of the battle that we're in, the spiritual battle that we're in. Trust God and keep your mind on Him. Keep seeking, right? It says, keep seeking. Set your affections on Him. Set your life right. By having your mind set on Christ. And so all the things that we do here at Tulane, we pray, we hope. You know, I love the simple Bible study that we have in Sunday school. What a blessing. What an encouragement. How strengthening that is for the week. Okay? Simply being the Word. But the things here at Tulane, we hope. And I know we're not perfect. 
right? But we hope and pray that you are being equipped to face the week, not just face the week, but to proclaim the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ in what you do and what you say. It's a lost and dying world out there. We hope to snatch them as though they're as though from fire. And so together, I pray and trust that we will march together forward to to live out how God wants us to live, proclaiming the truth of His Word and truth of His love and His grace. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You so much for Your glorious um, plan. And we see in the end that it's so wondrous, it's so glorious. Man, we want to be there now. And yet, we're still here. And sometimes we lose sight of the fact, Lord, that we have victorious life now in You. That is, You've given us everything we need to live for You in the way You want in this lost and dying world, even in the midst of the most horrendous spiritual battles that we may face in the future. We have what we need. We have You. We have Your Holy Spirit. We have Your Word. Help us to march forward together, Lord, in unity and love. Help us to know how to use uh, your word in our lives. Help us to understand what it is you want us to do. And help us not to lose sight of the big picture. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for all that you've done. I do ask, Lord, today here, if there's anyone, Lord, that, that is not in the position of your child, that is, they have not been adopted, they have not placed their full faith in you, Lord Jesus Christ, that you would give them that urging, that desire, that understanding that they need you, that they would not walk out these doors away uh, without having trusted in you as their Savior. And thank you, Lord, for everything. In Jesus' name, amen. I would like to say, and I think it's crucial for us to understand, this world is lost and dying and headed to hell apart from Jesus Christ. And if you're one of those people who've never truly turned to Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, I urge you today, do it. We do not know long how long you have. Turn to Him. Believe in Him. Jesus is God. He is the Son of God. He lived a perfect life. He died upon that cross. He rose again. Believe in who He is and what He has done and ask Him into your life. Ask Him to forgive you and He will and you will be a new person. If you have any questions, please come talk to me. And yes, we have a lot of great, great people here. I think sometimes as the week goes by, it's so easy to uh, lose touch with one another. So I urge you as you go out, one of the battles is to pray for each other and try to stay connected. So if you ever need anything, please contact me or someone in this church, okay? All right, let's take up this morning's